for a living, baby. How you doing? <laughs> Let's rock. Let's rock. But shit, everything good on your end? How, how's, how's life in pandemic world in the U.S. and the Seattle area? You know, it was different. It was, uh, it was a, a big time adjustment, especially because we had a lot of riots. So they really shut everything down around here. And uh, it was tough. I mean, you, you're in the middle of the summer and things were shut down and you were having to find ways to keep yourself busy and mentally in check. And, you know, I don't, I don't think for me, like the beginning is it wasn't hard yeah. to really stay a lot like, you know, keep my, but now I'm finding myself uh, struggling with certain things. And just in terms of like, you feel like the walls are caving in and, <laughs> and like you take more breaks than you do, you know, than you're actually working, like working on something or keeping yourself busy. And you're like, man, I just need to, I need to be out. I need to, <laughs> see some different stuff because if I go back to what I was doing, I'm going to feel like a, a robot and, and my brain's going to explode. Yeah. No, where, where are you, where are you living? What area are you living right so now? I live, in, I live in Seward Park. Okay. And so I mean, how close to the riots and everything were you? Well, I mean, I think I live about 12 minutes from Capitol Hill, depending okay. on traffic, about 15 minutes from downtown, no traffic, maybe, maybe even 10 to 12, just depends. But so it was like, you can't get caught on the freeway. If you're caught on the freeway, they're just going to shut it down and you're going to be stuck. But it was a little bit of an adjustment just because it was something you saw on the news every single night. And uh, mentally, um, it was tough. It was like, what is going on right now? Like, you, you, there was no real answer. Yeah, exactly. And no, I mean, I've only been seeing it from afar and it's just like, people are asking me like, what is going on over there? And I was like, I don't really know. Like I was just, when, when I heard, you know, my mom stays out in Issaquah and when I heard like some people were like starting to, you know, it was like slowly trickling into like Bellevue and like Issaquah. Yeah. I'm like, what is that? You know, I saw some like Twitter video of like people going in the cigar shop on Bellevue way and like, the owner coming out with a shotgun. I was like, holy smokes, we are in like some, it feels like we're living in a movie at times. Absolutely. It's still a little different, man, just because, uh, I mean, our age group, I don't think we've ever experienced anything to this, this degree or this magnitude. So a lot of people are kind of in shock and not sure how to handle it truly. Um, it's a bit of an adjustment. You gotta find you gotta find ways to keep your your mind uh, sane, I guess you can say, um, because not being able to go to work every day, not being able to go get out of the house or go do those routine things that keep you, uh, you know, you keep your 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 physical and mental health sharp. Uh, it's different, man, and um, you just gotta get used to uh being in tune with yourself i guess you can say making sure yeah. you're listening, listening to yourself a lot more no for sure that's i mean i've just noticed it in i've done two lockdowns now like one in you know first wave in barcelona yeah. then the second wave was in czech republic and now i'm i'm out in finland now where like life is like people are still like pretty masked up at the stores but it's not required and like no one like gives you an evil eye if you don't, you know, like, so it, the gym's open, like for the most part compared to what I was doing, it's pretty normal. Um, yep. But I just noticed myself from those like two months with all the free time I had, 
I'm on my phone so much and I, you know, really have been trying to not be on my phone as much, but just, I get into that rhythm of like bullshitting basically, <laughs> and, you know, like, and I catch myself and I'll look up at the clock and I'm like, yo, 30 minutes has passed. And like, I haven't accomplished one thing, you know? And yeah. so it's, uh, it's like, I I'm scared in a way for like production, like yeah. on a, on a, on a big level, you know, just knowing it, how it's affected me. And I mean, have you gotten into any new like hobby? Like, how are you keeping sane? What's, what's been like your go-to thing? Man, I think uh, I get into watching film a lot more. Mm. Um, I, I, try, I try to really break it down from like the inside out and understand, you know, what's who's and where's and why's. Uh, you know, I try to work out um, whether from just running at the park or, or lifting weights at the house. Um, you know, things that kind of help me, you know, keep myself busy and, and in shape physically and mentally, you know, like give me a little direction, give me understand, you know, what purpose, you know, and, and that's uh, something new for me just because, uh, you know, like coaching wise, I, I've, I've wanted to be a coach. I, I'm just trying to figure out and find my way and, and what I really like and what I'm really into. What's the schedule like? You said you're OC at Kentwood, right? Yeah, I'm gonna try to be an OC. It's a man, that's sick. Like, what's the what's the schedule like? When are you guys supposed to play? Yeah, so we've been we've been pushed back multiple times. Moved the season to the spring. Okay. Uh, thinking hopefully in sometime in March we get an opportunity to go out there. But uh, you never really know. Um, hopefully the WIA gives the kids opportunity, but you know they got to do what's safe and, and do what's best for them. So I'm uh, just trying to figure it out and. Uh, <laughs> move it take it one day at a time dude I know I, I feel bad for the seniors and everything because like mm -hmm. you know for me shit high school I didn't really play much my junior year because I was like in trouble but then senior year was like my year and so I'm just like imagining myself as one of those guys right now mm -hmm. in Washington like preparing for the year and it's like yep. you just keep getting it pushed back and pushed back and I just feel bad for those kids man because that's like you know I mean you probably feel the same way like high school ball yeah. senior year is like such a like monumental Something. absolutely you absolutely. know like it's so cliche but like even now you know graduating 09 10 11 12 years later like I still think back to that year that one year is like yeah. man that was the time you know yeah I think it's a, a culmination of, you know, your, your, your three years, uh, friends have gone, friends have left, you've, you've made new friends, uh, you guys get closer and, you know, you start to mentally and physically mature from the time you're 14, 15 years old to the time you're 17, 18. And, and now you can retain a lot more as a football player and you're physically able to do some of the stuff that, you know, you couldn't do as a freshman or, you know, coming in, couldn't do the year prior. And, and now it, it, you, you want to put yourself to the test. I know that was a big thing for me is, all right, now I've acquired and developed a lot of these skills and athleticism. Now, how can I go display it? That was my big thing. I think my senior year, like I knew I could play. That right. wasn't my, I just knew, Hey, can I put it all together and make it happen? And a lot of this, a lot of the kids are, are frustrated because they don't even have that opportunity and you know like you said there's guys that blossom as seniors it's yeah. it's, it's a part of the game it's 
you look towards these guys for this leadership and they it's fight or flight and they some of them you know really excel at it and uh it's frustrating and I know these kids and even some of the coaches are, are frustrated but you know at the end of the day um the decision was made and it's based around health and safety and uh, we can't really argue with some of the things because there's a lot of unknown factors and uh, I'm I'm all for keeping the kids safe and, and they are the priority. They're the future. So for us, and I just want to reiterate, like taking the time to wear your mask and do some of the things that these people are asking, because uh, you don't know what can happen. You know what I'm saying? And people have no, no symptoms. Some people have a ton of symptoms. Some people's lives have changed because of the virus. Uh, and simply you got to make sure that uh, you're taking the steps to be safe. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I, I have kind of my own little beliefs and sometimes disbeliefs with what's going on. But at the end of the day, like, it's like, let's whatever, whatever does need to be done to move it forward. That's yeah. what I'm really all for, you know, what, wh whatever that really is. And, and you can have the personal belief of one end of the spectrum, you know, yep. it's like, but let's, let's move forward, you know, so yeah for for everybody for the kids for you know what everything's happening and and how how's your like now that you're the coach like what's what's like your coaching style like how's how's that been because that's um, an evolution in itself too yes I, I think for me like i've played at a high level i've been coached by good guys guys who know what they're doing and at the same time like there is that volume meter that you got to turn up mm. I want to make sure that when I turn my volume meter up and these and I need to bark something out to these kids that I do it um with a, a gracious and somewhat of a, a servant type attitude because not a lot of these kids understand the game and then if you you don't understand like what their home life is like so yelling at them isn't really always the answer right <laughs> what I've learned and some of these kids get numb to it and it takes a special individual to understand something and get yelled at in a high volume and respond to it correctly. I don't think that happened like very rarely and they, they call it hard coaching and like I got coached, you know, by hard coaches, but I, I, I like, I like that because I, I was able to respond to it and I was able to create a version of, uh, competitiveness within me and I, really as a coach you just want to inspire and whatever you you got to do to get these kids to be competitive in life um, that's what you want to do and I want to just hopefully teach the game of of life and use football as a vehicle uh, it's it's tough because uh, there is no football right now but at the same time <laughs> when this thing gets going I got to prepare these guys for college and that's I think I think it's a responsibility for high school coaches. If you don't prepare these kids for college, you're doing them a disservice. And, and that's just preparing them for the next phase of life and the next phase of football. I think that is something I will aim to do. Completely. What, what kind of, Oh, you running? What strategy wise, um, what are you guys doing? I, I'm a, personally, I'm a big play action guy. Like I like love play actions. I love the element of getting under center and giving play actions. I love that. The lost art right now. The lost art. Guys, <laughs> they've adapted so much to, to being spread that no one 
no one put any thought into the run game. And after spending a couple of years at Central Washington, uh, I understand how important the run game is and being able to control the tempo and control the clock and getting athletes in, in space and just be able to create one-on-one matchups. So, you know, obviously teams are going to have their schemes to, that are built to stop you, but can I create a one-on-one matchup and, and allow this kid to do his stuff in this space? That's, that's kind of what I'm going to try and make sure that I cater to. Yeah, no, it's, and nowadays it's almost, you know, before running spread was like the weird one because it was hard to prepare against because not everybody was doing it. And so it was like, you didn't have the four wide receivers in practice to even really go against. And now it's the total flip where like, if you can run 21 personnel, not a lot of teams can mimic that in practice. And especially out here in Europe, like everyone is spread for the most part. And so if you can line up with like two tight ends or a fullback, like yeah. it's a different the animal, team, the team might be able to run it and scout the week before, but yeah. not well, you know, it's, it's with some like little dude at fullback or a little guy at tight end. And so, no, that's, is, I, I think, you know, the, the, it's all about cycles and that's For where sure. we're headed, you know, with, with the game. Turnings and guys that have their, their niches. And that's what was pretty cool about like, you know, obviously I, I played at a high level and I got to see the, I got to see the, uh, the Andy, Andy Reeds. I got to see the Josh uh, McDaniels. I got to see some of the Bill Lazor stuff that, you know, is very good in developing and defining. And, you know, with that, you see some of the spread stuff that's running college. And I just want to kind of culminate a lot of that and put it together and, and make it simple for the kids. Um, high school, I feel like should be a little bit of a challenge though, just because yeah. you got to see what these kids can retain and you got to see what these kids can handle. Because if you don't, you're not really going to find out what what their talents are so I want to be able to see like hey can you can you take this stretch concept and read this end and throw an RPO like is that something you can functionally do um we find out you know what I'm saying yeah. whether they or not but uh I really want to be able to build a, a build a good concepts um keep it simple I want to be an 11 I want to be in 12 and I want to be in, you know, 21, even 20 sometimes, but um, teams don't know how to fit tight ends. Teams don't know how to fit fullbacks nowadays. So no. create that mismatch and, and hopefully uh, win in the pass game, play action pass game. Yeah. Growing up, like what, when you were in high school, what were you guys running? I mean, I know at Wazoo, you guys were pretty spread at the time. I mean, and that's the receiver's yeah. dream, but how, how has that evolved <laughs> with like your, playing time you know like I want to get into the pro stuff too but what were you in high school so in high school I went to Rogers and they ran more of a uh a two-back system uh, mm-hmm. just dive and a lot of smash mouth type stuff and you know get the ball to, to to your guys on the edge a little bit not a ton I'm like so in high school like I think I probably touched the ball maybe three times a game <laughs> and, you know and you think about like hey man I got a kid who's athletic he can play and he only touches the ball three times a game. Well, it was just kind of a part of what we did. And I wasn't, I was never, it was never a big deal to me because I wanted to win. So I was willing to do whatever I, it took to win. Like, hey, I got to go block or, hey, I got to go run a post. Like, hey, sure, whatever. And I think football has evolved since then as well. So, 
Yeah. And did you like what all options you had out of high school? How, cause I mean, that kind of affects it, you know, and like that Big makes time. it tough mentally. I know, especially nowadays, you know, mm -hmm. back what, 10, 12 years ago, high school for us, like there wasn't Instagram. And so like, you couldn't see what everybody was doing. And so you could be a little bit more like in the team per se, but nowadays it's like, damn, okay, well that guy over on the cross town, He's getting 10 targets yeah. a game and now the yeah. stats are all out there. So, I mean, like, how was that in your mind? And then did, do you feel like it affected your recruiting? I mean, I went to, I moved at the start of seventh, eighth grade. So I moved from Seattle to Puyallup and, you know, being a, being just a football player, I wanted to play. I didn't really care where I played at uh, junior high. I played, I played running back all growing up. So okay. My development was more so what can you do with the ball in his hands? And then, you know, guys get bigger and I grew, but I was a string bean. So I was, <laughs> like, I can run, I can catch, I can play football. So I, I think, you know, wide receiver kind of fits me. And I, I, had a, I, had a, I had the ability to go catch the ball with a good catch radius. And I think that's, that's kind of what changes that position. Um, I didn't know what I was going to play in college because I played uh -huh. defense, I played offense. I was a returner. I just like, you know, get this guy in space and let this guy, you know, be him. I, I think that was a part of my game. So I wanted to go to Oregon at first. Um, I wanted to go to Cal at first. Uh, I really liked Nebraska and UW as well. So, the, and, you know, as a kid growing up, you like the University of Miami. But uh, of course. That's a, that's a, that's a different, <laughs> different level of, of competition in football down there. And it's, you know, obviously super far from home. But I, Washington State kind of just fit me in and they were – gutsy they spread it around a lot and I was like well if these guys if I can if, if they're throwing it 36 to 38 times a game I'm just doing numbers in my head as a kid I'm not <laughs> I'm not the smartest kid in the world but I know a little bit about a little bit and I'm like if this guy gets six there's still a lot more out there for me all right say we throw it to the back four times say we throw it to a tight end three times still 15 other catches that <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were trending, I would say, on the upwards, upwards trend. They had just beat Texas in the Holiday Bowl. Ah, um, uh, yeah. I, yep, I went to camp there in the summer, and I, I felt more of a connection with the town, being able that it was small. Like, I grew up in the, in the south end of Seattle so I, and then moved to Puyallup, so I'd always kind of been in bigger cities. And so I liked and enjoyed that college atmosphere of there's nothing out here I can focus because um, I know myself and I need a one avenue alley to focus. Um, and I playing on playing the Pac-10 is a dream. You know, as a kid living on the West Coast, this is what you see. You see the UCLA's, you see the, the Apple Cups, you see the, the Arizona States, and, and they're typically uh, good teams, teams that you want to play against. Yeah, no, that's the, the thing about that, like, college town atmosphere – I was at University of North Dakota for one year and it ended up not working out from just the fit and kind of vibe and every that kind of thing. But looking back now, I'm like, I kind of hated on it at the time. I mean, it was cold as fuck. Like it was, it was a, it was rough, but at the same time, like it looking back now, I'm like, damn, it would have been really cool if that would have worked out because you know, there's one street with all the bars on it. 
you know, like everybody kind of knows, even though it's a fairly big school, 15, 20,000, I think like everyone kind of knows everybody, you know, it's like, um, or maybe that's wrong on the numbers. I haven't thought about that in a while, but um, it's a small, like a smaller scale. Yeah. And you know, but like that atmosphere is cool. And then I ended up going to university of new Haven where it was like a private small school, but we're in new Haven with it's a city, you know? And so like, there's three, four other colleges around, there's other stuff happening. And it's like, it's, it's completely different vibe. So no, that, that college atmosphere, I, I wish I could have really like appreciated it at the time. And I've only been to Pullman like once or twice, maybe twice, I think. And boy, man, Pullman's a fun place to be, you know, like, and you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's a college atmosphere. There's nothing to do. So you really hang out with your friends all day long. You, obviously, there's the parties and whatever you're really into, but it, it's, it gives you a different element of life and something that I really, I think I needed. And so yeah. it was simple, it was quiet. I was able, I was really a, a homebody kid to some degree. Like I like to play video games and chill at home and watch football, like play basketball. Those were like the things I was into. So it wasn't, I didn't need to go to this city to see this bar. No, I'm not even, I'm not even going to, I didn't turn 21 until I was a senior, started my senior year. So I wasn't, like, I wasn't able to do anything like, like some of the older kids were. So my, my college experience was built on being, <laughs> and house parties and being home you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah yeah and you you played on the hoop, you played on the hoop team there for a year or so I, I thought I read something like that yeah. right how how'd that come out um so when I signed um I always I've always played multiple sports growing up I played baseball I played track I ran track uh basketball football I knew I had always wanted to give myself a shot to play basketball because I thought I, I could play. And, you know, a conversation with my mom, like she was like, if you still want to play, like just let these guys know. And, you know, that communication piece can go a long ways. And so we told them, uh, you know, in an in-home visit, like, hey, if I get an opportunity to play, like I think I can, you know, go make the team. And, and you know, just being an athlete and being around those guys, like I, I felt like I could play. Um, it was a bit of a different circumstance because we weren't winning at the time. And uh, we had to go through some changes, some culture changes. In football, so, you're saying? Football. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about basketball. I'm talking oh, about basketball. Okay. Football, we were, we knew who we were. We just, we couldn't win close games. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I was going to say that year, I'm, or those years, it was always like, damn, again? I mean, we start out, we start out three and oh. I think my freshman year, we started out three and oh. We had a thousand yard receiver, 2,000 yard back uh Alex Brink threw a through for a bazillion yards and we lost like six games in a row by like a uh only team that really blew us out was USC in 2005 okay and they were they were a bit different because of the Reggie Bush factor the Matt Leiner and and Steve Smith and all those all those high level athletes <laughs> like so 11 was, NFL guys on the one roster I mean both sides of the ball carried pros multiple more than seven and that at the college level is you're, you you don't see that no you don't see that especially uh and then they just kept doing it over and over and over again and so that was tough but it was it was a good experience for me just to be around 
basketball because I still I still love the game to this day. Like it was, I still want to hoop. Like it, it, I know I see you at the pro am or <laughs> yeah or the what yeah, what no what what was I filming at that one time and I look on the yeah, court like no BGs out here. <laughs> I mean, I, I can hoop. I can go, you know, I grew up playing in a good age group of basketball at the current time in 2005 where, you know, the, the Marcus Williams and, and John Brockman's yeah. and Martel. Like, they, I mean, our state was known for having a bunch of basketball talent. So I grew up in that era and played. And, you know, it was just for me, it was being able to stay close to the game, stay busy and uh, and just getting a new experience, too. Um I got coached by Dick Bennett and Tony Bennett. Those guys were big oh, time. Sick. Yep. So, you know, really, like I said, I, I, I understand hard coaching. Like Dick <laughs> Bennett demands a lot out of his players. Great human being. Um, put his arm around you, care about you, love, love you up. But he's going he's gonna to challenge you and see what you're made of. And that's why I really want to thrive. Like you, as a football player, even as a competitor in life, you need to be challenged. You need to understand how to respond to challenges and you need to be able to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And uh, that's something I've learned, I think, over the years. Yeah, no, and, and that's a thing I feel like I'm noticing now more so that it's just becoming a little more common that like, man, those, those challenges and like, bad, whether you want to call them bad practices or tough practices, whatever, you know, however is like, they're looked at like negatively in a way now. And I feel like kids to some degree I've experienced, and maybe it's more out here in Europe, but like the, at times will like shy away from the, the challenge. And it's because of maybe fear of failure. I'm not exactly sure, you know, it's multiple different things, but like growing up for us, it was like, like I can remember getting, I was, my high school coach was a, a hard coacher to say the yeah. least, you know, like yeah. after, after going through high school with him, there was nothing anybody could ever say to me or yell at me that would mm-hmm. ever be worse than what he was yeah. doing. So yeah. it, like, I, I, I didn't like it at the time, but now I'm like, yo, you literally can't say anything to me that oh, is going to get under my skin because <laughs> old Chris Bennett, I would, <laughs> I would screw up on a, I would screw up on a read or, yeah. He would think I screw up on a read and I could hear it before I even looked to the sideline that I had screwed up, you know? And yeah. so, um, what are sticking on basketball? Cause I'm just curious with the two sport athlete thing. Cause like, bro, that's crazy. Like yeah. it was one year or two years. What was the, it was really hard. Like being a 18 year old kid on a college campus playing two sports, trying to hold, a uh, education, try to get my education and hold a social life is virtually impossible. So yeah. that's why you won't see a ton of kids doing it. Um, you know, my morning started at five. I had lift with the football team. There was no, the, the football coaches were like, no, you're going to lift. So I'm doing winter, I'm doing winter conditioning and lifting for the most part with the football team going straight to class after that. I might be able to go get a quick lunch. Then I have basketball practice at one. Damn. So you're in season basketball, but still off season football. Yeah. yeah. So my experience is diff- a lot different. I think now some of the kids that do it, they don't require them to do some of the winter lifting, but I was a, a scholarship football athlete. So I understood my commitment and yeah. my commitment to the, the football team. And so I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, me, I'm, it's a challenge. Cool. Let me, let me show you what I can do. 
and I was able to, you know, maintain decent grades and, and it got, it, it became way harder on my body than it did my mind. Okay. It wasn't that my mind couldn't do it and I couldn't stick though. Like those hours, those hours were fine, but it was, it was, it was getting home at 9 PM after the tutor and I would sit there and I would say, I don't have the physical and mental strength to open this book up and, and, and be a student right now because I'm so tired as to where like I would be done from, you know, I don't have that one to four time. Right. Where basketball practice is, I, I can do a set of, of homework or I can go do take a nap or go, go function or, go, you know, go take my mind off of something. And uh, I, I didn't have that for a year and it was very hard for me. So I had to understand how to balance football, basketball, school and my social life. And that was, it was too much. Yeah, that, but shit, that's like quite the intro to college. And I mean, I can't, and, and not even like you said, the one to four time of like, not even just it being time for you, but it being like, division one basketball practice with a tough coach and running you know mental physical like it's not even just no time it's like yeah. an extreme physical mental exertion that you got to put yeah. through that you know it was high, it was a high level and at the pack at the time the demand in the pack 10 was that you had pro level elite guards functional bigs and you guys ran like you you were getting up and down in in the Pac-10. That was kind of the 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 flow of the style of the Pac-10 at that time, in Arizona's and USC's and right. And watching James Harden at Arizona State and then UW had multiple pros and so it was like these coaches are preparing to play hard like in hard games. So like you were gonna get that type of competitiveness from them. Yeah, that's I I got lucky in my senior year at New Haven after football ended, I got to be on the baseball team. But yeah. so like, you know, I get to claim to fame as a two sport college athlete, but it wasn't, you know, football was done. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I used to always see the baseball coach in the weight room throughout my couple years there. And I'd always tell him, hey, coach, if you need a defensive minded shortstop who can hit, you know, a buck 80 like I'm your guy you know like yeah. I love playing in the field and he'd yeah. always okay Bradley yeah 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 and then I was just in the weight room lifting because as you know like once you end playing mm -hmm. like you just have especially in college with class and everything you just have so much time on your hands that it yeah. becomes like what the hell do I do now mm -hmm. so I'd be in the weight room lifting and baseball was in there one time and coach came up. He's like, Bradley, you said you played shortstop. I was like, <laughs> holy shit. He sounds kind of serious right now. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, when's the last time you played? I was like, oh, like four or five years ago. I think it was like six or seven and somehow kind of like tricked my way onto the team. I didn't really play much. You know, I think I had like four or five, six at bats or four at bats, couple, couple innings in the field. And, yeah. but it was just fun to, be one of the guys at that point yeah. so I, I when i read the thing on you playing hoops i was like damn like that but it completely completely opposite where i was just in baseball at that time i, I wouldn't even i wouldn't even tell a kid to do it because it's 
because of the demand like that it, it requires like I'm 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 going like after if football practice ends early I'm gonna go watch the seven on seven just because of I want to be involved and that's my commitment so it would be like there'd be days where I wouldn't I leave my dorm at five fifteen I wouldn't get home until nine thirty you know what I'm saying and as a as an eighteen year old kid that's not it's not physically and mentally healthy no especially in the new surroundings and all oh, that man. stuff and no that's that's tough. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, what, when you were at, who, who were the coaches when, for football though, when you were at Wazoo? I was at Washington State. We had Bill Doba for three years and Paul Wolf for a year, my senior year. Um, okay. And how, what were the differences with them? Like how, or, and how was the coaching change? Um, Coach Doba is, he's your, he's your grandpa. Like okay. think of him in that sense. Like, Coach Dobbs is a, a fantastic human being, um, cares about you as a person um, over your football ability. He will, he will communicate with you. He'll, he's a, uh, you know, he, he has that, that feel of, of like, Hey, Hey, Grants, what's going on? Hey, grandpa, what's going on? Loves the game of football. Wants to see you guys excel. and wants you guys do well in life. Um, I didn't get a ton of time with Paul Wolf, but just the time that I, you know, it was a rough change we weren't good and i think everyone's mental and physical uh men mentally I, I think people were just not in the correct place and i i mean like i can say that for myself like that was a tough year we lost a ton of games and i was like what is going on like yeah i just I, remember like you say it now i just remember there being a lot of drama around that right. se that season or that stat i don't know details or but i just can remember like it feeling yeah. Tough. I, I put it like this. We at one point had a campus wide tryout for a quarterback. That's right. My my uh Issaquah guy was in the running. That's right. Yeah, Mark Gray. Yeah. And when you like when you so now it's national news and you're like, man, I just I'm coming off, we're coming off three competitive years in the pack. Uh my sophomore year, we won six games. My my junior year, I think we won four or five. Um, but we're playing in the in in a really tough conference, yeah. And we get to my senior year, and we struggle every almost every single game. And I'm like, what is going on? And and I didn't blame I didn't want to blame anyone. I just knew that it was a different set of coaches, new set of kids, and there's going to be a rough area in time. And, and no one mentally, no one prepared you for that. No one's gonna say, hey, this year is going to be mentally and physically draining on you and you're not going to win as many games as you're used to or even be competitive in that sense and I had no clue how to handle that just being it was so new for me because I was never necessarily I shouldn't say never I was never a vocal leader in that sense okay but in junior senior year I kind of started to you know you speak up and I was always taught like hey play hard and, and guys will follow you and you know and if if you're made up of this the stuff of quality you know that time will be will will you will rise in that occasion. And I was just thrown off. I just couldn't believe some of the stuff that we were, you know, dealing with and going through. Uh, it was a new experience for me. And I, I had to, uh, <laughs> I was humbled. <laughs> yeah. And just so much shit would probably be going on in your mind is like, you know, you're a NFL guy, you know, or NFL hopeful. That's, that's looming in your mind. Like, okay, we're having a bad season. Is that going to translate to that? The, 
the combination of just losing games is um, terrible. Like no matter, you know, I, I've said it before. It was like, I've never lost a game no matter how much fun the team is, but I've never lost a game and thought, yeah, let's do that again. You know, yeah. like that, that ever, you know, like that is the worst. And when your life literally rides on it, then you're, you're in the national news, almost like kind of being made a joke in a way like of, you know, now that I remember that and man, that's, that's like, did you have the idea in your mind at the time? Like, yo, this might be fucking me up for the league. Like, or how was that? Like, in what was your mind going into senior year with going towards the league and how'd you view that? So just getting an understanding of, of what, pros want to see and the more they see you the more they have to evaluate like they will evaluate you more and so coming back that tape you got (laughs) yeah you know what i'm saying and so now they're they're gonna see a lot more than just those first three years especially when when the season isn't going as good and so like i would i would try to physically and mentally like hey you gotta play your ass off this week Make sure that you're playing for something, you know, you're playing for yourself as well. As crazy as it sounds, like you have a sense of pride in that when you're getting your ass kicked. Like, hey, when you when you press play, yeah. I'm going to be out here fighting my ass off. Like, just this is how I function. And uh, it just, it got hard. It got extremely, we were getting our ass kicked 69 to zero one time by oh. USC. And I'm like, this, and this is what we talked about. USC was, had 22 players, probably more, who were pros yeah, and yeah. versus a team with maybe one or two pros. And you don't like, you don't go into the game thinking you don't stand a chance, but then eventually when these dudes are whooping your ass in the third quarter and you're like, all right, I got to lock in and, and just keep playing, playing for myself at this point, like play for a sense of pride. And that it got so hard. I, I don't know how to explain it. And I think the biggest, like I said, I, I, it was a learning, humble experience. I think the biggest takeaway is, is work on work on your craft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that was my biggest deal was I'm going to play against a bunch of these dudes and I might play against some of them at the next level. But go ahead and work on your craft. Yeah, for sure. And, and <clears throat> like, did you – that was so that was kind of the main I was gonna add you kind of answer I was gonna say like you had kind of a a, either a like a motto or something in your mind was just play for yourself work on the craft and and it's nice too for you to know like I'm gonna see this dude again probably (laughs) (laughs) right Um, you know you always always take that into account like all right like you know, this is what I need to get better at. This is what I need to do. And I was really, in, you know, in tune with just being a, a complete wide receiver. That was kind of the, my my challenge for my coach. Um, and it was a, a situation where I just was trying to get better. And and it was frustrating. Uh, I learned a lot. But it, it, football was my outlet, you know. And that's where, that's where you go get that release of stress. Or that's where you go – uh, celebrate with your teammates and just get a sense of, of meaning and purpose at the current time. And uh, that, that bond that you had and all that work you put in, that was your release. So for me, it was, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Cause I learned about a ton about myself. Um, not that I'm selfish, but I, I learned that when shit gets hard, you have to be able to be able to block out a shit ton of, of 
variables and question marks in honing on your craft. And that was something I think I learned. Well, yeah. And it's, it's never fun to do it at the time, but mm -hmm. normally like those dark days or those dark months or those t dark years for some people, <laughs> like they, if, if you can keep that mindset, right, like yeah. it does eventually lead to, you know, a bright sunrise or something like yeah. that. And especially, you know, it was nice for you to have, okay, mm -hmm. I know, I know when this last game ends, it's not yeah. the last game. Like I still like, we're, we're, we're <laughs> you're almost probably thankful that last game ends. We're on to the next chapter. And yeah, so I got a, <laughs> yeah. I got a good story. Okay. So, let's hear it. 2000, my last year at Wazoo, 2008 Apple cup. Um, you know, I had, I, I, I was at the point now where I'm a pretty intelligent football player. Like I have a pretty decent understanding of, of how to play the game and what's required. So I had seen, you know, high level football coming from my freshman year up to my senior year. And this was like the last Apple Cup. And it was such a bad game. I had a tough time celebrating it. Damn. And because I'm like, this was ugly football and I was a part of it. And I had no clue how to disengage my mind from shitty football and being excited about a win because right. I don't want to play shitty football. That's not how I, how my mind works. It's not how I, how I grew up playing. It's not, it's not the level of skill that, that I see, you know what I'm saying? So when you watch a bad football game, you have an appreciation and I couldn't appreciate the win. I, I was so mad. I think I might've dapped up like two or three dudes. And I, I, I was the first one in the locker room. Damn. Yeah. And you like had the game winning touchdown too. Did like that was that was the year prior. But, oh, that was uh, the year prior. Okay. Okay. Oh eight. Oh eight was the one where it was a the bunch of field goals. Okay. And we ended up storming the field. They were oh and whatever. That was a lot of my issue too. They uh, they didn't win a game that year. That's right. Okay. That okay. I I I get all I get them mixed up now. Okay. And that's tough. No, I'm, I'm the same way. Like we had this, my past season in check, we ended up winning a game against mm -hmm. a team that like we should have just smacked and it kind of like got close towards the end. And I'm, you know, you're, you're <laughs> thankful for the win. Obviously, you know, obviously winning is always better than losing, but then still like winning ugly and winning with some bad football still you're like, come on, man, like, this isn't what we're doing. You're, this isn't what we should be doing. We're, we're better than this. We're be we, we work harder and do more during the week, and we get to this game and we shit ourselves. Like, yes. I have a hard time celebrating that, and that's just the competitor in me. It's yes. not that I, I'm disappointed. I mean, I have a ver it's a version of disappointment, but I, it's not that I don't care because I care tremendously and like I go to sleep and that shit weighs on me and I wake up the next day and I'm like, I gotta be thankful we gotta win. Like <laughs> yeah. I put things, I put things in perspective eventually. And that most important thing is, is doing your 111, helping the team win and bringing the right positive attitude. And it, I, when we don't play good football, my attitude changes. I, and, and that's just a frustrating thing because I want to be a perfectionist. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I'm the exact same way where it, it can be annoying probably to other people around. And, but w when you get a squad that's full of those kind of guys, then that's when it gets really special.
Absolutely. Um, Just the demand in one another. And I probably didn't have that enough. And that's, you know, probably something that I, I've learned over the years is that, that just because somebody demands something out of you doesn't mean that they're, they're getting on your ass. This means that, hey, I, I see a lot in you. So I'm going to ask to bring that out. Yeah, for sure. And then that game ends on a bittersweet, shitty, sour <laughs> note. And yeah. then what's the like moving forward, like take me through NFL, you know, first combine training and, and all of that stuff. I was out in Orlando, like what, 2000 last winter or now two years ago, winter throwing and kind of training, working with the guys, getting ready for the combine out there. And so I've, I kind of got to see that for a couple months. And what was just take me through your mindset with training yep. and where you think you're going to go and just draft, you know, process and evaluation, all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, the year coming into the year, everyone kind of talked about me being a higher draft pick. And uh, I got an opportunity to play in the senior bowl. Um, I ended up getting injured, so I didn't play. But I went and, I, you know, I practiced for two days. Um, tough time for me just because I was going through a lot emotionally. I just lost my dad probably a month after my senior year. So, like, oh, my, wow. mental, yeah, my mental and emotional side was a little – like, football wasn't a priority for me at the current time. And, and I was – you know, you lose a piece of you – and it was a tough time because that piece wanted to see me excel at this next level I was going to. And man, Damn, I man, think, I'm sorry to, I got it. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know any, I'm sorry. That's, no, no, that's it's all right. It's, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Um, and so everyone's hyped and excited for me to go to this next level. And I couldn't care less right. because you're, I'm missing a piece that wants me to. And so I had to think of like, what would my dad actually want me to do? And, he would say, go, go strap your shit up and go play. And I, I carried it and I didn't talk about it. But for a whole year, I was just mis year and a half. I say I was about, I was mentally miserable, mm. like just trying to figure it in. And I'm trying to patch up a piece of me that I had no real, I remember one time I was walking, I just got my, um, I had a tweaked hamstring uh, during the senior bowl I talked about and I had to fly back to Indianapolis to get an MRI again. And I remember walking through the Dallas airport and airport. And I just walked into a closet and just broke down. I was like, is this shit is so mentally draining. I got a ton of questions I need to ask. There's no one giving me answers. I don't know what's going to happen. I know I can play football. I don't know what level I can play at because I, I, when you're coming from, a situation that I was in and everyone's saying, Hey, this kid's this type of player. But then they mention you like, Oh, well maybe you'll go in the sixth round. I'm like, man, sixth round dudes don't even make it. Yeah. Seventh round dudes don't make it. And so I had to fight that mentally. And I understood that piece of the game and I got there in terms of uh, being mentally uh, right. So it took me, took me a while. So I finally worked out, I finally, and my pro day got pushed back. So now I'm really like, what my, my pro, I had to have my own separate pro day. Dang. Cause so I tweaked, for what reason? I uh, tweaked my hamstring at the senior oh, bowl. Okay. Okay. And it, was, and it was bad. Like to the point where I was like, I can't barely walk. Yeah. So it took me like four and a half months to get right. So I'm running my 40 with no train, no real training. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, outside 
in the rain in in 40 degree weather at west uh, at chief self stadium so this is a crazy it's a it's a crazy instance <laughs> I, there was a couple of factors i had that were unknown and my path my path was a little different in that in that sense damn man yeah i didn't know any of that and i mean what when i mean that's a i'm sure a, a dark time for sure like what can you remember a day or a, a moment that was kind of like, okay, we we're, we're breaking through this darkness and like, what's that, that, um, how, how am I getting through it? So after, after that, I think I had a, a pro day, I had my pro day and there was a Seahawk workout um, a couple of weeks and they kind of do a regional workout and, you know, guy, big guys come in oh, and, if you're, you know, if you're on the fence and I was like, man, I didn't really get an opportunity to really show my athletic ability and what I'm capable of. So I'm gonna go to this workout and try to knock it out. And I'm still, I think I'm still maybe a week and a half, two weeks train, like kind of getting back into shape. So I go and I go, you know, I run well, a decent, I think I ran better than I had ran in my pro day. And, and this is when I kind of figured out, um, started to get my shoes on. I'm starting to to warm up for position drills. And the GM, the head coach, the position coach, and the scout are staring, standing over me. And so I like I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe maybe I'm a lot better than I I I think. Maybe maybe I'm gonna I'll be in a situation that I, better than I thought I would be, because of just the added sense of attention and and I do come from a pretty good football pedigree just in my my mental makeup. I think so. Uh, that was one thing I think I uh, hung my uh, hung my hat on, and uh, just made sure to try and keep keep my mind right. Yeah, that's and that's the thing I learned when I was working out with the guys, the combine guy, you know, and we had guys from Penn State, Clemson, you know, I mean, we had some of the top top dudes who, um, but at the end of the day, I realized, like I said, the thing I learned was they're just 20 to 23 year old kids guys yeah. you know that are still finding themselves you yeah. know as as a man as a football player like the the amount of insecurity at that age is fucking insane through the roof hey, when, I, when you think about your 20 you 20 21 year old self you're like i was a piece of sh you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. or i was i was you know opposite on the spectrum and just depending on who you were and, and, and like how you carried that, that gave a vibe to coaches. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, like, that's my thing now. I'm at, I'm at 30. I, I ended up getting benched when I was at North Dakota. I'd won, I won the job as a true sophomore out there. And like, looking back now, I was not mature enough to be in that position. Like, I could ball and I was smart and I knew, but from a leadership perspective, I'm like, damn, I look at my 30 year old self. Now I'm like, I wish I could go back right now and be in that role. Cause I'm exactly what they were looking for. And yeah. so like the amount of maturity that it takes that I don't think just the casual person who's never really been in that situation can Man. really understand. And then, you know, you compound it with, like, hey, if you run a four four five or a four five five, it could mean the difference of two million dollars. Like, 
and your family being good forever versus you having to just go work a normal job and like not help like dude that i can't like i said i've never been in that thing i've just seen it from the outside and that shit is crazy a different animal man i think uh and it's built on guys being in shape like if you're not in shape you're not gonna run well you're gonna lose or you're not gonna work out well you're gonna lose a solid chunk of money and i i i knew if i could get in there and and just take my reps i knew right. i could just build a i could okay i can build like i get i can get better i know i can get better and that was my biggest thing is I don't, I, I'm not, I may not thrill you when I work out. You may watch me and be like, oh, he's got some gifts and some natural ability, but like I could play football. And that's what I had to hang, hang my hat on. I can catch this slant, run this corner over and stretch <laughs> and get eight yards instead of getting three yards because like, you know what I'm saying? I understand the game of football and how it works. And that for me was like how, what I needed to hang my hat on. Yeah. So no, just like take me through draft day with, you know, you, I don't know what the projections were. You end up going six round. How just take me through that. Um, man. So just that whole process of being drafted, you're going to, you're going to watch the first round. <laughs> so my, my mental was like, even if I, even if I don't go in the first round or the first day, I need to watch and figure out, why some of these guys are going ahead of me and what some of these guys see because I'm, I'm that into critiquing my position and my art and my craft. Um, I had a party the day before. So I had a bunch of family come the day before we went to wingers and, and chopped it up and ate. Cause I didn't know if I was going to first day, second day, you know, wherever I do go, if I don't get drafted and I had to, I had to, I had to be okay with not being drafted. And that, that drove me. Okay. Cause I knew that there wasn't, that many dudes who were better than me at, at, in my draft and man you're sitting there and you're looking at your phone <laughs> you're staring at your phone it's like waiting for that call from that girl it, it's it's nerve-wracking you're like man come on hurry up hurry up and give me a call and so you watch first day goes by well he's not he's he went in the first 30 picks and he did what he's not better than and then you just say to yourself like all right. Well, it's a crapshoot. You don't really understand it's a crapshoot, but it's a crapshoot. Yeah. And then you keep seeing these names come off the board and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Excuse my name. <laughs> and it gets to the point where I throw my phone at the wall. I leave the house. And I have to go on a walk because I know when I get frustrated, I'm not worth a nickel. I'm just built with, with frustration and anger. And I just needed some time to comprehend like, okay, if I don't get drafted, now what's plan B? Because that was my first thought. If I don't get drafted, what's plan B? I immediately thought to plan B. And so I said, you know what? Let me go back. So I grabbed my phone. I'm not even watching the draft at this time. I go for another walk. Like a coach from St. Louis calls me. And they're like, hey, are you, are you by your phone? I'm like, what the do you mean am I by my phone? You know, <laughs> what you else know do you think I'm doing? <laughs> you know what day it is. Like, come on, man. And uh, and then the Philadelphia got Philadelphia team. And so I go back inside eventually. I'm like, well, shit. If, if this guy calls and, and I'm thinking I'm going to go to Seattle the whole time because they needed a receiver, but they took one in the third round. 
And um, so now I'm, I'm watching rounds go by and I'm like, all right. This Do you still is- remember who? Man, um, Darius Hayward Bay went first. Okay. I was going to say, like, I know as a competitor, like, I'm probably in, you know, like, I know how you are. And <laughs> it, gets, it gets cloudy around the third, fourth, and fifth round. Yeah, but right. Because a lot, I stopped, like I said, I stopped watching. Um, <laughs> but I know Darius Hayward Bay went first. Crabtree. Okay. Um, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, Percy Harvin, uh, Hakeem Nix, um, Brian Rubisky, Muhammad Massaquai, uh, Mike Wallace, um, there's a kid named Dominique Edison, um, I think Julian Edelman's in my draft. Okay. Uh, I think we're both six rounder, either six or seven. He's just something, something like that. But this but, is like a thing that people don't understand, like the competitive nature of like, I Austin will remember. Line, like <laughs> there's guys, and I'm not saying these guys aren't worthy football players. That's not what I'm saying. Totally. You just see the given opportunity and you know how you physically and mentally compare. Like, no, and, right. and literally what? what is this eight years later, nine years later that like these, these names are ingrained in our, that you, you probably haven't, it's not like you're thinking about this in everyday life, but like yeah. those names are just up there. And that's like yeah. the, the, the sign of competitive competition at its finest, you know, you know, you, and you just, you see these names and you start to match. You're like, all right, well, this dude didn't even, and then you start saying to yourself, like, just wait. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. then it's then just wait. I mean, you have to literally use it as fuel. And uh, it's a different, it's a different animal. Like it's uh, seeing, seeing all these guys go ahead of you. It's a different, it puts you in, puts things in perspective. And uh, I got the call. My uncle was, was, was at the house. I got the call. Um, you know, they ask you, you know, you've you been in any trouble and all the rest of that. And uh, you know, Andy Reed hops on the phone. He's like, Hey man, I, you you all right? You, you still there? He's like, you know, we were going to take you a lot earlier. And we we knew, but we had moved up to take Macklin. Okay. I was shit out of luck at that point. And he was a, he was a, an explosive wide receiver, better slated to go higher. I, I you know, he's, he had a better career than I had. He's, I just knew like, yeah, he, he could play. Like I can be on the field as well. Right. And that's not, knock on Mac because I think Mac's a hell of a football player but it was shocking to me just the difference in how long this dude goes in the first round and I go I have to wait till the sixth round and I'm like holy shit and that was that was that was a lot to 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 deal with mentally but I was like now I got my shot right now I got my shot and so then because Philly you were only there for how long to the trade deadline uh okay and uh Man, it's it's dull. It's 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 work. <laughs> work. I didn't understand what what the amount of work like because I'm coming from, uh, you know, a pretty big school in the sense of playing Pac-10 football, and and I I didn't understand that it it requires another notch. Yeah, what's <laughs> like? How would you compare? Like, what's the the main difference? Speed, speed of alignment, change the game. Uh, those five techniques, those 
those uh, those outside backers, those guys who are those tweeners, but but freaky. They change the game because of what they can do to pat in the pass rush. Um, so I had to get adjusted. Like I, I knew I'd be fine with just an understanding a corner who was faster than me or was bigger than me or had better feet than like I knew I could break him down in the aspect of my technical technical abilities, but being faster. You, you have to operate faster because of the guys inside. They operate even faster. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so, yeah, the, your, your life's on the line even a little bit more with the, the, the D-line chasing you down on a screen. And I mean, how, what about like playbook-wise? How was the transition from Wazoo um, to, to that? So I think it was a bit of an extreme shock in terms of the verbiage. Mm. they can load up a simple play with the like they can they can call a slot formation two different things add a word to it in a tag and the projection the protection sounds funny and then you're lost right and then you have to understand that there's a concept and there's a tag within the concept in green right slot west like whoa 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 then you add 300 jet and then you add the concept and then you add the tag and you're like, and that's why I like, sometimes you see like the John Gruden clip and he's talking to, uh, I forget what quarterback he's talking to. And he's, it's a mouthful. And there's times where I knew that I needed to study and I would just lock myself in a room. Oh. And so my, my training camp and my, my uh, OTAs, I just, I would lock myself in the room. Like I knew I was going to mess up. But I knew when it came game time, I was gonna do good because right. I knew, knew what kind of I knew what kind of like preparation level I knew that I was pretty good for football. Like I may not be the greatest preparer for a test in school <laughs> or a quiz, but when it came to football, I knew how to prepare. Yeah, right. And then how how different was it like verbiage and sister like when you got went from Philly to St. Louis, St. Louis to Miami, Miami to New England? Was it by the time you get to New England, mm-hmm. are you repeating things? How how similar is everything, or 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 different? So, you know, this is what people. Know. This is why I think we need to challenge high school kids. Yeah. Because if I would have been challenged, I feel like in high school, and I'm not saying my high school coaches didn't challenge me mentally. What I'm saying is, is from a professional standpoint, there's a tree. There's trees. Yeah. These, these guys sprinkle down to another set of branches that sprinkle down to another set of branches. So when you hear West Coast and when you hear uh, the number digit system, it was new when it was introduced to me, but I'm like, all right, be able to be multiple in your mind and mold yourself to freely open and understand. So I challenged myself my senior year of college to now take myself from just a a split end so I was an X receiver like go stick me in the boundary I'm gonna go win nine out of ten times maybe probably ten out of ten times and a couple of those might be touchdowns that was that was who I was one-on-one matchups posts and stuff like that um I had to figure out now I had to go be the Z now I had to go okay now let's go learn zebra zebra is the slot okay now the personnel's changed. Okay, now you slide back to Z. So that stuff was a nuance. Like, if you don't speak the code in the language, you're not going to make it. Yeah, and you get you now. You're having to learn 
the the whole picture and not just you know this one little segment you know as a quarterback and OC and guy you know I I love that whole side of it and I know you it sounds like you do now also I I grew to love it because I understood that this was a bridge and a gateway between relationships with coaches and I couldn't go talk to a coach if I couldn't go talk about what he needed me to do and so like I I understood how to get open I understood (laughs) that like that was what I was good at and I can I just, run a slant. I got that, you know, like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I like tell me, but then you add the factors of the verbiage and it was a lot different. It took me. So here's, here's what people don't tell you. You need to forget everything, you know, in mm. terms of verbiage and you need to be open to being a sponge because your first three months it's, it's, you're looking at chicken scratch. And if you don't understand that, then you're not going to understand what's required of you. And like how some things mean opposite and, and this motion is different. Like, hey, like Zach and Zoe are the same motion, but two different guys call it different things. And then you might align different because of a Zach motion or because of a run and you're a support. Like that was the nuances that I had. To and so I, I was a little bit bigger receiver. So I, I was a, I blocked, like I'll go block the safety. Like I go block Laurent Landry's and I go block the bigger dudes who were the force guys. So then, then you start to get in the specifics of who you are as a football player. And that was, that was, that was telling. And I think about my second or third year, I kind of understood like, Hey, I, I have to be open to being all of these dudes because if you're not, they only they'll box you in and you'll become a very systematic guy. Yeah, right. No, I mean, that's the the blessing and the curse of my college career was in the four years that I was eligible and played, I played in four different offenses from Juco. So you get you get it. Juco, uh one season. Well, actually, I guess I was there too because I graciated my first year. Univer mm-hmm. and we were spread like super simple, like you know, ran like six plays. Um, then North Dakota, we were like pro style kind of multiple with not as much verbiage as the league, but it got a little wild occasionally. And, and the worst was having to do a signal system to get the vert, you know, to get that verbiage in. Then I go New Haven the first year with the first coaching staff is like completely multiple at times. It was like, it felt like he was like, okay, I like this play in Madden. We're going to figure out a yeah. way to run this, you know, yeah. and then, then my senior year finished up like pretty much spread the same as I started. And so just that idea of like, okay, we got to learn, like you said, it might be zap. It might be Zach. It might be Zoe. It might be, you know, Z across. Right. It could be, it could be whatever. And then yeah. trans because, you know, a thing I love with it. And now that I'm living out in Europe that I really I've been learning just actual real languages, you know, whether it be Portuguese, Spanish, I'm trying to get my Finnish game up, but people don't understand that football is a language of it's, it's, it's not we're, we, we use some English words, but it's not English, you know, and people will ask out here, like, well, how's the, you know, the language barrier and stuff like that. Like, bro, this year in Czech Republic, four of my five O-linemen didn't speak English. And so, like, while, while that's tough, 
Like they just learned that, yo, Zulu is zone left and Zoro is zone right. And, you know, we're, we're speaking the same language. Like, yeah, I can't ask them how they're doing and what their families, all that stuff. But from football, they can see it. And then this means this, and this translates to this. And so like, I'm a nerd when it comes to all of that kind of stuff. Yes. So, you know, I, I was excited to get to talk to you with like, you know, from Philly, St. Louis, Miami, New England, yeah. Wazoo, you know, couple staffs with Washington state, like it, it just makes Actually, your brain work. And, and like, yeah. a real, like a real language or a real yeah. language, actual verbal, like the more you learn, the easier it is to learn. And, and so it, it, by, by that fourth one, you're like, yeah. oh yeah. And so now I'm having the challenge because this year, because I've been QBOC mm-hmm. my pretty much the entire career out here running yeah. essentially my own offense. Or if I come to a new team, I'll kind of tweak their yep, verbiage so- to fit mine or use, yep. the, you know, we, we do it, but here I'm just QB. And so I'm having to learn their Mm -hmm. system which is we almost run the identical offense same offense but just you know instead of zulu and zoro it's Mm -hmm. well i'm not going to give out what our our calls are (laughs) or like in case i know someone's going to be watching this one but it's completely different and but that call we use for zone in my old offense was a play action call you know and so like just I'm glad I, the thing I've just taken from you right there was like, I need to just wipe it clean and, you know, go back to the drawing board and just be a sponge with the sense of, you know, I can't be, Oh, well in my old offense, it meant this and, you know, and this, and we used to say, no, okay, that shit don't matter. We're, we're in it now, you know, it doesn't matter. And uh, so my first year, it was built on the West coast. Okay. Like West coast system and with Andy so Reid and yeah. so I went I went to Pat Shermer who was a little bit of a West Coast coach as well and we got there and so like I was I was okay I was I was functional for two years I just had to learn how the NFL terms and like the nuances of whatnot then my third year I get Josh McDaniels okay that was different <laughs> how how so just the words in itself and nothing makes sense but in his mind it does and it's not that his mind it doesn't make sense it's just different than i've ever heard uh-huh. so like he could say you could say i write his is zero. Oh, whoa so it's crazy in a sense of like you get a call with so zero flood flank flip ride you know what i'm saying and there's different nuances and i'm like you just call the play action pass but you use seven words you used a motion and you didn't tell this guy that he was motioning, but he's supposed to know. And then, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, holy shit. So I got one year with that, tried to learn it as best as I could. And wait, sorry, what year was it? Where was that at? Cause you also got McDaniels in new England at the end or no. Yeah. I got Josh at McDaniels at in new England in the end. So that was 2011. So my third year and then my fourth year, I got Schottenheimer. Oh gosh. So he's in Seattle now. So like, I've had a shit ton of offensive coordinators. And in my first year in Miami, I had Mike Sherman. Okay. In my second year, I had Bill Lazor. He's at the Bengals right now. And then my last year, I had Josh, who's still in New England. So, like, okay. me, football, 
the mental aspect was like, you have to walk into a building and you have to approach it as if you know nothing. Then you have to build each and every day and understand the nuances of each coach and what they like to do. And it was mind blowing at first. And then I figured out, okay, I need extra time to study. Mm. I have to, I have to place myself. I have to place myself in a situation that makes me uncomfortable and I may have to spend three hours on it and may take time, but I need to learn it. Would you say that's like the key for why you stayed in the league longer than others or because you know what the average is like three years. And so what do you feel like the key is for staying in the league longer than that? Number one, they don't tell you is it's your body. Take mm. care of your body. Your body is your money maker. If your body, if your body is not in tune, you you won't make it. And that was something for me. I, I had to learn to develop. You don't you don't unless you have a a parent or a coach that you're extremely coach co- close with, you won't know how to prepare for an NFL season. Like I can I can tell you, you know what you need to put in. You know what you need to do but then there's another level of preseason that kicks up and then there's another level of regular season that kicks up and then there's another level of playoff football that kicks up. And, and those are all different areas and sections that you would have to prepare for. And so like by weeks I would come home and I'd be like, I can't take this week off. So I'm going to Tim Manson on my bye week. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm, I'm preparing and Tim's, Tim's phenomenal. He's a scientist and he's preparing you physically. He's also going to challenge your mental. And so that was what I needed to stay sharp. And it wasn't, it just wasn't more than just going to run. It looked like I had to do some of the little muscle exercises to be able to last and get through a 20 week season. And, and that in itself is a challenge once I think you can do that, if you can physically take care of your body, the, the, the other stuff's easy. Okay. It, it, because it starts with yourself. Like if you don't tune, if you don't tune your, your legs in to being able to run for an hour, like you, you got to run for an hour, dude. Like yeah. I don't care. What, I don't care how you break it down. Tom Brady sat in the meeting room. He told, all the other positions to leave and the coaches and said, if you guys can't run, I won't throw it to you. Damn. He was like, you have to be in shape. If you don't, don't come if you're not in shape. (laughs) So that's the conversation I have with kids now. Like I'll know how serious you are about learning this shit. If you can take care and hone in on your, your body, if you make your body and mind a priority, Right. No, man, that's, 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 I mean, and when you hear it from Tom, it's just like, oh, the, the voice of all reason, you know? What do you, what do you, what more do you have to say? What the, and this is, this is, and, and I, I bounce back and forth, but like I watch this dude run hills and then get on bungees and take drops for like 35 minutes straight. And I'm talking like three step, five step, seven step play action. And he's doing it. And I'm like, he's a, he's a machine, but he's, he knows that, Hey, I have to be able to do this for this amount of amount of time. Right. And uh, it's, I think the number one key is just mental preparation with your body, like keeping those two in, in, in tune and intact. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing I always wonder about. Cause you just see the guy that'll have a year, a, 
one good year or two good years. And then it's like, where'd he go? And it's, I mean, like you said, a 20 week season is literally five months straight. And that's not including preseason. Not including preseason. I mean, that's insane. My, my one question before we jump out of like that I had with the playbook stuff, what was your favorite play or favorite route that was like, you heard that one called or, and that it was like, ding, ding, ding. Like, let's, let's rock. Started getting a little into like what I, what I want to be or what, like, I love Kyle Shanahan shit. I love zone, true zone scheme, play action pass. Let's make a read on that, on that third level safe on that safety. And let's make him decide, all right, if you're going to stay flat footed or you're going to challenge the run, we're going to throw it behind you and we're going to throw it small. If you're going to stay deep in thirds or stay over the top, I'm going to sit it at 16 to 18 yards and I'm going to catch this, this stem action curl and it's going to be a first down. And so that was like, when I heard read on, I was like, it's my shit. And so Reed was saying, if, if safety's flat-footed, you're going post over his head, and if not, okay. Yep. There it is. I, I just always love to hear, you know, because I have my certain ones that it's like, you get the call in, and it's like, let's, get a little excited. let's rock. Like, All right. This is what I've been waiting for this. And, and Andre Johnson was one of my, my favorite players. Okay. Uh, just growing up, even in, like when he was at Miami and then getting to the league, and I'm like, and they ran it with him a shit ton. And I was like, well, shit. Like, I, I think I can get in there and, and, and run a good curl, run a deep curl and stop on a dime and expect the ball on time. Like that's something I could do. And then, and, you know, I like everyone likes running posts for the most part. So that was a, probably my favorite instance. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then from like a QB chemistry kind of thing, you know, pl- again, like playing in a bunch of different systems, also played with a bunch of different dudes. Who do you feel you had like the best connection with? I played with Sam for you know, for three years. Okay. So I'm gonna naturally say I have one of my more productive years with Sam. Um, it was very, very through a very catchable ball, mm. great spots. He understood timing. He could push the pocket a little bit, and he knew when he had to fit it into a certain window, and you could expect that. Um, as far as that goes, Tom was was Tom would be number one, I believe, on everyone's list um, because of his longevity and the continued uh, just trust that he he plays with, like the speed he plays with back there. The, I remember the first time I went to go throw, we went to go throw in the bubble, and I was like, I snap out of the balls there. Like he's not he's not waiting. He's throwing this shit before. And so I thought that was really, really, really cool because that was what I – that's what you want. Or like, get me the ball when I'm open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't jack it around. And I understand that, you know, sometimes pressure changes things. But, like, I saw – I saw – and it, it, the craziest thing, and, and I, I think it boils down to trust, and the, the throw wasn't even to me. We're watching film, and Sam throws a 20-yard curl – with a dude in his face and he lets it go before the dude went before Brandon Lloyd even turned around. And I was like, that's that shit. Like yeah. that's, 
that's the shit, dude. And he, he, you just knew his, he's like, I have to get the ball out, but I trust you. And so he's loading up to throw it and the ball's out of his hand and you're not even bursting out of your shit. That's the stuff you really want. And um, top two would be Sam and Tom. Okay. And then, I mean, how much like off the field stuff are you guys doing? Uh, like and how much does that benefit? Um, I don't think I did it enough with guys. Um, okay. Probably in, in guys hot, hip pockets a lot more because that chemistry is what carries guys. Like you see, you see Julian Edelman and Tom Brady and, and they're making it work in, in late season. Right. And you're like, yeah. Holy shit. Like they're still doing this as if it's the summertime. And uh, you, you got, you get together maybe two or three times during, during the year, during, during the course of the off season. And, uh, and now they kind of keep you there to some degree and you guys work together. But I mean, it was, it was pretty normal for like two or three times you guys go meet up and fly and go, go work out together. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then, I mean, what? And I think that should be a weekly thing. But by the way, like, <laughs> at least once a week. I'm sorry, you you guys need to sit down and you need to talk and you need to talk about spots. You need to talk about uh, feel, and then you need to go throw. And then, and if you can just carry that throughout the off season, at least once a week, you get to the you get to the scheduled stuff, and you're like, all right, we did this. I know, yeah. I know what to do. It's not, a, it's not, I don't need to ask you a question versus press. We've already ran through this scenario. Yeah, no doubt. That's like, I mean, over the years, my, my funniest little story with like quarterback receiver connection, and it's ironic, it's like from high school, but me and like, you know, and in a way it makes sense because in high school, like, those are your boys, you know, and so yeah. you are hanging out with them the most off the field, probably out of anywhere I've been. Yeah, without a doubt. Juco also, but high school, like, no question. And me and my one homie, Brennan, we would run back shoulder fades, just practicing it. You know, we saw it on TV, like it wasn't in the offense, but we just, mm -hmm. we liked practicing it, you know, from the five, from the 10, back shoulder. And then we get into the quarterfinals against Bothell and it's like tie game or something, fourth quarter, come to the sideline and coach is like, and we're on the five yard line, third and goal. He's like, Hey, what do you think about the back shoulder to Miller? Like, like I said, it's not even in the playbook. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you think about the back shoulder to Miller? You know, like what? And he's like, yeah. he's like, you guys hit it every single time. I was like, mm -hmm. all right. And I come in the huddle, like call the play. And I have to tell as we break it, I'm like, Miller, back shoulder. And he looked at me like, we're really doing this? And, you, yeah. know, like, it, you know, it like all the, and that was, you know, week 10 or 11 or whatever. It's like yeah. the, the entire three months before had led up to that one moment and you never yeah. knew it was going to be there. And so the, the, that's the thing I've been trying to really work with, with guys out mm -hmm. here and I'm excited this team in Finland like I have some dudes who like they want to work and they're like yeah. they're like yo Saturday what are you doing Saturday okay we're out there you know and, and once to, a week That's yeah it. exactly to your point the dude my my guy Tino out here was like he's like hey I just need to run is my I need my legs in shape and so like hearing you say this I, I know he'll probably check it and he's like I know I'm right you know like yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I should probably, I need to give Alex Brink his, his flowers too. He was, he For was sure. pretty, and I, and just, you develop 
we were together, like we were together. So I, I kind of knew, and I, I watched the guy who was ahead of me, who was like, you know, thousand or sorry, thousand yard receiver, Jason Hill. And then, um, uh, I was just like, well, I can emulate that and kind of be in these same spots and I can use some of my athleticism, but Brink was good too. He was really good. Cool. Yeah. And switch saying on this kind of thing, but like, who's been incredibly influential in your life that, um, has made you the person you are and things like that? Uh, I would say uh, my mom's a big, I'm a big advocate of my mom just because, you know, she raised me and she did whatever she needed to do to take care of me and provide and, and, and an opportunity. And um, she did a, a fantastic job and there was never anything that, you know, we went without, you know, if we wanted it, she was going to bust her ass to get it. And uh, she's, you know, she's a hero of mine and someone that I look up to. And, and she's, she's in that same conversation of Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and, and, and my mom. And those are, those are the superheroes in my world. That's dope. And what about, like, do you have a time you remember, like, a friend, like, really stepping up for you or, like, something mm -hmm. that sticks out in your mind as, like, a homie really stepping up for you? Uh, let's see. Um someone who has stepped up for me i would say uh and it was a probably it was a good reminder um i had this thing so when i scored touchdowns and uh i would just unstrap my chin strap and run off the field and uh it was a it was a habit just because one i was just you know kind of who i was just doing my work get off the field and and mike pouncey grabbed me and was like hey man you need to celebrate with your teammates and mm. so my mind, I was like, I, I think I scored, was playing for Miami. I scored, getting ready to run off the field, and I stopped. And I was like, it's good to feel that want of togetherness. Mm. And that's, that's what I kind of hung on. And I was a real, it always, it's always going to stick out for me and, uh, in a situation because, uh, you know, you want to be a part of that and you want to, you know, make everybody feel good. Yeah, and celebrations now are becoming like, Mm -hmm. the no fun ling no fun league is like slowly becoming a little more fun and like they're yeah. encouraging that and the you know yeah. seahawks are doing it and yeah I, mean, I, I i've grown up as kind of the old school guy probably more similar of like you know you score whether you give it to the ref or just drop it and let's like get back to business but yep. i can feel myself like slowly changing yeah. with like especially with some like younger teammates now i'm like and some TikTok dances and shit. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, what, what are we doing when we score now? You know? And like, because that it's, it's, you know, we're playing a kid's game and yeah. it's like, let's celebrate. And, and that shit can be contagious and kind of piss off the other team in the same sense that, no, that's, I'm, I'm glad you said the, the reiteration cool. of like celebrating with the team. Yeah. I would knew I really like now is they put that video screen. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I can go celebrate. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it gives especially the defense. Now, I mean, they're they're yeah. using that to their advantage. As they should. You know? As they should. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um now kind of moving, although actually I was thinking what how did the thought process come with retiring and like what was the ultimate, you know, was there a, a day, a, a instance that was like, yo, it's time or was it a slow burn or how, how'd that come about? 
got two stories in this. Um, first story is my very last practice in St. Louis. This is when I knew the end would come faster than I wanted it to. Okay. And, it, and it's not a negative thing. You just, you hear your body and you understand your body needs stuff. Yeah. And you're like, all right. And that stuff is not football. That's not, it, it's sport. It will destroy your body. And it was my last day. We we're practicing. I think it was our last day. We practiced in the bubble. And I was like, I feel old. Mm. Like year four, I've been busting my ass trying to, trying to make it happen. Um, I was like, man, I just, I feel old. And then I get, and that's so when my, I kind of figured like, man, this thing is going to end sooner than I want it to. And then my last year in my new England, um, I tore my knee, tore my ACL. Um, I kind of knew I was like, well, I'm going to be 29. I'm kind of, or 28, 29. I'm on the fence just about like my production last year wasn't great. So I had to understand that retirement might be forced. It might not be something that I fade off into. And uh, I took that year to just kind of get healthy and train and get my body right. And I, I you know, I didn't get a, I didn't get any call. I got a call from Atlanta to go work out right after my, like maybe about, it was before, it was before nine months. It was, it was like right around the nine month mark, 10 month mark. Uh, I got a call to go work out. I wasn't in shape, but um, I kind of knew I was like, all right, well, that might be it. Like I did what I could do. Like no, no one's calling. Um, I got to be okay with the situation that I can walk away from it. And uh, I just train and keep my mind right and my body right. But I knew after that last, that last one in, in New England, I knew it was a, it might be the, the end was, was here. So yeah, you were, you were mentally prepared for it. It, it sounds yeah. like, and um, how, how much throughout the career are guys and yourself included, like thinking about that next career or investments or like money management, the financial side of things. The really, the really smart dudes start to build a foundation for it and a base layer for it. So like these guys might have a foundation and like something that they're into. They might, they might go off and, and start a business or like a joint venture, or they might simply, you know, dabble in other things when they're not actually uh, playing football. And I think that's like your, your, your best case and a, and a good sign that you're ready to kind of start another path and another career way. Um, I would say about 25% of the guys, uh, 25 to, to 40% mentally prepare for a second career. Okay. Uh, I would say the other half don't. How, how, how were you in that? Were, were you in that range or where were you? So I've always wanted to be a teacher. Oh. So I, my uncle, um, uncle, my name is, my, my uncle's name is Vaughn. He played, uh, he went to Stanford. Um, he played football and like, I kind of liked his, his, his love for life was exciting. Like his love to teach science and, and like, I, I do enjoy history in that sense. So my, my gig will be teaching history at some point in life. I don't know when, I don't know uh, what version, but I think I would, you know, do a, a course that of stuff that I like and care about, but um, I didn't want to coach. Coaching wasn't number one on my list. I'm really into like sneakers and, 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 you know, 
I know you got I, the drip. I see it. I see it. <laughs> I, I like clothes. I like clothes. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm into fashion because fashion is forever evolving and I, and I'm not, I'm not here to wear some of the stuff that these guys wear, but I do enjoy certain trends and certain looks. And like I said, Michael Jordan's always been one of my uh, icons and he kind of created a trend and that's kind of the trend I, I, I was into. And so like, I wanted to maybe do something in, in footwear, something with clothes, but my biggest, um, I like to help, I like to help kids. And so like school wise, I was like, man, I could, I, I thought about, man, think about the experiences you had in school and not all of them are great. What if, what if I got to have a really cool teacher who had a really cool background and he was a good positive example. And I kind of just hopefully one day see myself in that, in that chair. Um, I don't know when it's going to be, but I kind of, I wanted to be close to the game when I, when I finished. So I, I had to figure out how do I stay close? Do I coach? Mm -hmm. Do I do I get involved with the program? Um, and if I coach, how invested am I? And then like, if you're going to do it, you got to really be invested in it. So that was a process for myself and like just building that, love for the game again because my I would say my 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 career ended somewhat abruptly like with an injury and so I felt like mentally I had a lot more in the tank but you know physically you can't if you can't do it like then you have to find another outlet and um took me two years to really find the really the love for coaching like I would say took me two years and then that third year you you work with certain individuals and players that spark your love for the game and that was big for me. And so now I, I, I got a little bit of it and I just, I want to continue to grow and, and become a better coach. Completely. You know, you hit it on the head with that's, I, I've always enjoyed the coaching aspect, but more so like the OC of like the, the X's and O's and, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I mean, I guess now that I'm getting older, I'm, it's evolving into like, affecting someone's life and you know I, you said you hit it on the head is in Spain I was coaching the flag team out there and I had this like 13 year old girl QB who could sling it dude yeah and like she was like the ultimate quarterback personality of like holding everybody accountable getting mad at people you know like yeah. when they needed to and then in yeah. check I had another kid that was like growing 13 14 that I mean worked his ass off and just so coachable and mm -hmm. it's like through those and I guess you know a, a kid out in Florida that I was working with too that those have just like bred this like like okay like you can really impact somebody you know Man. and that that's like a beautiful thing that it's yeah like they're getting they're gonna be a better quarterback but I hope you know the as you said you're you're using football is a vehicle to teach life lessons essentially that yeah, they'll look yeah. back in 10 years like damn like joey said something about this but really he was talking about life not yeah. qb you know yeah. not quarterback you know you gotta talk about like just attacking things head on and yeah people don't people don't look at it as a sport as a vehicle to teach but it's absolutely uh in each element of life like it, it you can take something from it yeah. And so you, you hit on a couple things that I wanted to question about of like, you know, I, I like, uh, you know, I see on IG the, the sneaker game and I'm, I'm not, I'm, 
I'm not too into it anymore. I used to be for a while, but I have a big appreciation for it. But I fuck with like just your style in the sense of like, you know, there's some camo in there, some just like yeah. denim, you know, like <laughs> I like my vintage kind of, yeah. I think I try and throw some stuff together as, you know, whether it be thrift shopping or whatever and, and you know, finding that a I'm way sure. to be unique, you know? And it so is. like what... It, Obviously, you like sneakers, but out of sneakers, what's your favorite? Is it jackets? Like, I'm a jacket guy. You know, like, what's your other thing that you you got too many of? Oh, man, I got a shit ton of jackets. <laughs> you, you, you add that element. One, we're, we're from a place where it rains and it gets cold. So it's like a part of what you do. Like, you leave the house and your mom's going to ask you if it's 75 out. She's still going to say, did you grab your jacket? Right. <laughs> right. And that's of how you develop it in the sense of, okay, I need to have a jacket for this. I need to have a jacket for that. I need to have a jacket for this. I need to have shoes for that. And I yeah. just, it's just built, built, built. And um, I would say, man, I, I'm a big, I'm big on sneakers. So like, number one, I'm going to say sneakers. Like yeah. to me, it changes the conversation of, of what you have going on. Like, you see someone's individual style within sneakers and you're like, oh, okay, all right. So you, you, like, you like Penny Hardaway. You understand that era of basketball. Oh, you know who Jason Kidd is. Oh, you, you, you have some Irisons on. Oh, okay, you, you were during the Reebok era. So like, yes. that just Those sets. half zips, bro. I, I'm still, now. like, I can't find them, but I want a pair of the black and gray half uh, zips. Like, I will fork out some bread for some of those, you know? Yeah, man. And, and like Iverson was such a trendsetter during our, during our time. So like you see it and you're like, man, I want to wear what he's wearing. And yeah. so that, I like hats. Mm. Hats are a really underestimated, you know, they can change the element of your, of your outfit and just being able to, I can, th I can, the cool thing I think like growing up is what kind of hats there were, were out and we didn't have a chance to really get the hats that the baseball players wore. True. So it was different. Like, oh, a snapback's cool, but I'm wearing this fitted joint and that, that King Griffey has on and it's backwards. Yeah. So now it's kind of like, all right, so I'm wearing what the players are wearing. And so on sneakers, I'm going to have to give you the tough question. Of like, what's the, if you had to narrow it down to, I'll give you three pairs or two pairs, you know, like I was going to say one, but I know that's probably impossible. I can do one. I can do two. I can do three. So, okay. No, yeah. So you, you give me the top three then. If I'm stranded on an Island and yeah. uh, I had to grab one pair, I'm going to grab the Air Jordan threes, just a black okay. cement. Um, I think it's a shoe that is recognizable. Um, and one that kind of took off the, the Jordan, I guess, brand. Um, the Jordan one would be the second one, just okay. the black and red one. Um, iconic. Like you, you, you see that your parents see that silhouette of sneaker and know because they remember the craze for the most part. Like if your parents were into that. Um, yeah, it's, ti it's timeless. It's timeless. I mean, it looks like a dunk. It looks like an Air Force, but like the actual Jordan one high top, the black and red just is to me changed the element of, of oh, look at what he has on his feet. Mm. And um, I think the last one would be the Jordan 4s. I'm a, I'm a Jordan 4. I just in the realm of Jordan because of that, that's, that's 
you know, what I'm going to pick for the most part. Yeah. Um, what about non-Jordan? Anything non-Jordan? I mean, we can go the Nike realm. We can go the Adidas realm. I, I've, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big guy. How many, pairs, how many pairs do you have? That's the question. I think I stopped counting around like 400. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I've been trying to give mine away too, like because I know I have too many. So what, like, what size are you? You got some twelves out there, or what? Well, so I got you. All man. right, throw throw some away, boy. Right. Next time I'm back, man. Just don't lob. I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, what do you think about like the uh, like Cam Newton, Russell Westbrook, like those guys that like really are challenge. yeah, challenge yeah, challenging, pushing the boundaries, whatever you want to call it. Now, I am all for individualism. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. That's what sets you apart. And at times, I think it's important to remember, like, when you're wearing clothes, like, who are you? Like, yeah. that's why, like, when Russ wears the, the, the crip outfit of Dickies, I'm like, you can't, you can't fake that because that's who that dude is. Now there's times where these guys wear stuff and it challenges the norm of like, he might have a shirt with his, his stuff out, his stomach out. And you're like, not for me. Yeah. Not saying it looks a certain way, but it's just not for me. Now you can, you can always wear a suit and tie and look good for the most part. You can always wear a suit and tie and look good. I I think if people understand that and take the business approach to things, you can always look good. I am going to wear cargoes, a vintage t-shirt, a vest, a jacket, a hat, um, some Jordans or some Air Forces, and um, that's that's what I am. That's what I'm going to be. Easy. Maybe yeah, that's plan. that's that's the the uniform per se. That's the uniform. Maybe a hoodie, um, but that's for the most part. That's who I'm going to be. And that's what I'm going to wear. Word. Yeah. No, I wanted to I wanted to touch on that subject because you know I know I know you're into it, and like I said, I'm. I'm I'm into it with my own little avenue, you know, and, and so it's always fun to hear what other people think about it. And the other thing kind of switching gears that you touched on with um your uncle and you said like you just noticed with him like he just had the appreciation for living or life. I forget exactly how you said it. And you know, this is the living for a living podcast. And so a thing I always kind of like to ask guys in some way or another is like in your own words, like, what's your definition of living? Or like, how do you see that? Man, um, leave it better than when you found it. I think that's mm-hmm. one one creed. If you're going to do something, make sure you, you go balls to the wall. Make sure you take that avenue. And then uh, number three, I think it's, it's serving. You got to learn to serve. Like, that's, that's hard. It's it's hard. It gets a, it's easy to serve when everything's going your right and going your way. It's not easy to serve when you got a couple things stacked up against you and you're not appreciated in X, Y, and Z. And for me, like I got to be better about that. But I'm I'm understanding like there's a there's a version of coaching that goes with serving, and I and I you have to mash those together because. I can't lead young men if I don't, if I can't, like, I got to be able to serve them and they, they got to be able to understand and, and dissect how, how, to, how to serve. I love it. I love it. Um, kind of on that line, like what, 
what inspires you the most and kind of makes you feel like you're your best self? Oh man. What I totally makes- switched the subjects on. We went from fat now to we're getting a little more philosophical good. with it. We're getting a little phys- phil- philosophical. Um, my best version of myself. Uh, I, I'm outgoing. I like to be expressive. Mm-hmm. What I don't care for is someone who puts limitations on you. And so like, I think I think people need to be unapologetically them in every sense of the word, because if you're not, you're going to close off an area of you and you're not going to understand it and you're going to it's going to drive you nuts. So, like, I'll put it in perspective. People thought like because of my nature and how I carry myself, like they didn't think that I cared about football, but that's nothing to do with how I how I care about the sport. My personality is in the sense of, man, I, it might not look like I give an F F U C K. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's, I've, I've kind of conditioned myself to not be, try not to be too high, try not to be too low, try to be in the middle. But when I promise you and I tell you I'm balls to the wall and I might rip your face off, that's just how I function. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, I, I come from those, I watched the Dennis Rodman's compete, the Scotty Pippins compete. And those are the guys that would just go balls of the wall and the Michael Jordans. And, and that's, those are like some of my iconic figures and he played both ends of the floor. So why not be able to be do everything in that sense? And so like, I, I understand how that looks. And just because one guy looks a certain way, you can't question what he cares and what he, what motivates him because it's not always the same. Yeah. Hell yeah. No, I mean the, uh, my thing I love to live by and I try and be an example of it is like the whole don't judge a book by its cover. You know, mm-hmm. I, my my goal eventually at one point is to have like a like tattoos in a vest, you know, so like yeah. no sleeves, no nothing. So you see yeah. me in a T-shirt, you think like here's just this kind of clean, well, not clean cut at all, <laughs> but you you know what I mean? <laughs> a non-tattoo and then pull the shirt off and it's like damn like he's completely covered and just that change in in perception that you can give people that that I really like and finishing up here you know we're yeah we're at that mark and looking towards the future you know and going forward in life like what's something you're curious about and like want to dive into more um I need to understand, uh, I want to understand communication better. Um, there's a, there's, when you're communicating and you're communicating at a high level, you need to make sure that you don't judge and that you are overly expressive in a positive, constructive way. And you need to not be too harsh. So I think that's, I want to, explore communication whether it be nonverbals, verbals and be better about how i relay message and information and how i receive information and and messages i like that and man in in our current time right now that is i think there's probably not a right or wrong answer to that question but that is a definite one of the right answers i think because (laughs) 
man, we're getting to a point where just the idea of communication is getting difficult at times. And that's a, yeah. a thing I like to do with this is just open the communication up of whether we're, we're from the same state, but we have different backgrounds or we have the right. same backgrounds, but we're from a completely different you know, country, whatever it may be is like, at the end of the day, like, communication and a conversation ultimately leads to like a maybe not perfect understanding yeah but better understanding than what we started with and what we started with and that's important because like you know we, we play football and people don't think football requires verbal communication listen the o-linemen talk oh. all game long and if you and, and it's such another piece of of communication that I'm trying to learn, like, what are these guys saying to each other? How are they saying it? And are they able to get it communicated in time? And it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, for sure. Dude, I've had that same thing with like being OC out here and like learning, having to step up the O-line coaching game and mm -hmm. hey, what calls, what this, what that, and talking to old friends and no, I mean, I know we, we keep going back to football, but that to me, it just shows like how incredibly useful football is in a real life scenario. Come on now, teaching, teach, using, using the game of football, you know, and helping guys in life. Like if you don't understand it, it, they go hand in hand and it is something that people should use as a vehicle. And like, I understand that the challenges with that football presents, but it's about being able to work with people. Like, and I, and I said for the longest time, I wouldn't let my kid play football. And now I'm starting to come around and, <laughs> and it be like, I, I, I view football as boxing yeah. personally, because if you're, if, if you're not special, I'm sorry, you, there's a version of being special at something in football that can carry you. Same with boxing. Uh -huh. These are, these are sports that are so specific in what you do. And if you don't specifically train for them, now I'm not saying that every sport, that's just my personal view, but like football and boxing, they take so much away from your body. Yeah. If you're not going to treat it as something that's important, then I think it's a waste. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a unique perspective that I haven't exactly heard, but that's a good way to say is like, I mean, it's going to risk your life damn near or you know what not I'm damn, for sure. Like, it, absolutely. Like, I won't be able to walk probably when I'm 80, 90, or like, I might have a version of like a bad, it, but I understand and I gain so much knowledge through it and what it means to actually work through, you know, frustrations or understand like how to communicate when I'm in a tight spot or a situation and just being able to, uh, to understand and how to lead and how to step back and, and watch somebody lead. Like, I think it's, I think that sport's important. Without a doubt, man. I, you're preaching. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I love it, bro. Well, I think let's, let's, let's wrap this one up and man, yeah. I'm grateful that we were able to get it going and whether really? it next time I'm back in the dub, which I have no, no clue when that will be. Um, Stay out there, love yeah, to link up and bro if you if you ever got a one year left you know yep. <laughs> me up. we'll fly you we'll get you out here for a second half of a season you know oh man it's i'm so old i'm much, up. it's much less demanding than you know 
it's not a 16 week season out here. No, I just, <laughs> I just, I had to throw that out there. For two, three weeks. <laughs> exactly, bro. No, so appreciate you, man. And, and I'm looking forward to the next time we connect. I appreciate it, man. Hey, you're the man, Joey. Appreciate you, BG. Next, uh, much love, man. Always. Living for a living, baby. How you doing? <laughs> And it was the first podcast I've ever done where it wasn't a time limit issue. Yeah. And we got to address situations and aspects and philosophy and who you are at your center and what you want to be and what you want to project. Like, usually you don't get that. And I think that was, that was why I had no problem. Like you said, hour, I was like, oh, this is easy. This is, this is, I was like, thinking, oh, it might be two hours. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing with like, I like not having the the time limit. Whether you know, as I said, I I know the I mean, shit. Rogan will go for fucking four hours at times, yeah. and for me as a listener, four hours is too much. But yeah. I get stoked when I see a two-hour segment that, yeah. especially especially when it's like, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in there, you know, like and and yeah. like inside stuff and. Even, you know, just so you, I'd eventually love for this shit to blow up. And I yeah. have a feeling it, it will. It's just more of putting in the time. But yeah. at the very least, it's like when we're 60 and yeah. we get to rewind back in time and see a conversation of what I'm thinking, what you're thinking at this day and age, like that's like where it really becomes cool for me. Really, I think it's like obviously we have different backgrounds and like we've went in different places, but like we've both seen shit to the point where I'm like, Hey, I know I've seen some stuff. Here's what I've seen. Here's what functions. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't, didn't work for me. And this is all like personal experience and not everybody's the same. And so I'm kind of like, it's pretty cool. Cause then I can, I can tell people like, yeah, I remember being in a dorm with five other dudes and each week they got a, a guy got let go and I was the only guy in my dorm. Like I, I like no one's gonna care to appreciate that situation, but someone who comes from a similar background is like, damn, fam, I understand what I understand what that means. For real. <laughs> and this the sheer probability and numbers behind it, you're like, holy shit, like that's a hell of a grind. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and like that's the the cool thing about podcasts in general, especially like the long, long form where it's completely I mean, we literally pretty, we could have probably gone another hour. I don't have another hour in the, in the battery pack of my camera and shit, you know, but yeah. like if you could, where it's like, if people want to take the time, well, one, it's like therapeutic for me in a way just to talk. But if people want to take the time, like you listen to that and like, it's not a one minute clip that yeah. you can make a judgment on myself or you it's yeah. like there's the full spectrum of things yeah. that at the end like you, someone can really know you better yeah. you know which Absolutely. is which is cool because like we're we're getting so caught up in like the like clickbaity yeah. shit you know that that yeah, like, people people like as I say like people didn't think I liked football like Cause I was quiet sometimes. I didn't like my, my personality might not have been overly expressive towards the actual sport, but it doesn't mean that I don't like football. It just means that I function different. Yeah. 
And, and people don't understand that 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 makes an individual like he's he's one way when he's one thing and then he has to put a mask on and he's a different guy yes yes you know no for sure that's 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 been one of my things i've just been trying to do over the last few years like to that point is like literally zero mask you know and obviously you have to at time especially like coaching kids and like you know you can't talk about the exact same shit around kids as you know the homies and but even just like the way I is like I'm trying to almost whether I'm talking to my mom a friend a whoever like it's me and so there isn't that like because dude then you do get that feeling of like like you're almost an actor in your own life you know well I can't I can't do tv I don't don't think I'm good for tv and like I remember going to college, my mom was like, man, why don't you do communications? I was like, yeah, I, I don't mind doing communications, but like, there's an element of being on TV that I can't, I can't fake the funk if I'm yes. not feeling like, that's just me as a, as a human. Like, yeah, I can give you that bullshit answer, but I'm going I'm to be like, fuck, like that's yeah. bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. No, I, dude, a funny story with that is in Poland, my second year, I was on House Hunters International, the like HGTV show. We're like, you know, you have three, uh, three apartments that you're, you're moved to a new city. You're looking for a new apartment. And so like I did that, they're filming, like I'm myself, I'm Joey, the football player in Poland looking for an apartment, but like everything you film, it's like you do at least three or four takes. And I remember watching it with my homie and like, he's kind of laughing and he's like, He's like, bro, you're a pretty good actor. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I was like, but I'm being me. He's like, yeah, but you're not, that's not you, you know, like yeah. there's still like whether they use it. And I heard some other actor was like, the, the first scene is the only real one or the first take. And then after that, it's acting. And so I was like, yeah, you're kind of like, I'm literally being myself. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, so the, the TV, I, I get what you mean with that for sure. It requires a certain patience and, and that I have, but I don't really have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel it. I'm not, I'm not about to sit there and do 10 takes with you, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll coach the shit out of this kid and do 10 reps with him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cause every rep's different. Every rep's different and help him with his patience and understanding and level of understanding <laughs> for sure. Like, that's just how I am. Yeah, bro. No, that was good, man. I'm excited to watch this one back. But yeah. shit, dog, I'm going to, it's 1020 out here. I'm going to hop on and make a little wings and then call it a night. Been real, bro. Hey, appreciate you, brother. Until next time. Anytime, anytime. Holla at you soon. Yes, sir. Much love. Later, bro.